Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane, and today I'm joined by regular podder, the Sunday Mail, Scott McDermott. Today on Record Rangers, it's all about the old firm as we assess how our rejuvenated Rangers can defeat the champions and bring the gap down to three points in the race for the title. We also chart the reasons for this season's remarkable turnaround and assess the roles of Mark Allen and Graham Murty in it. So, Scott, where else to begin but the massive game on Sunday. First of all, is there actually a race here? Certainly a race if Rangers win, Johnny. I mean, that's that's a big question, obviously, whether they can get over that no, get over that hurdle now. They've obviously had a couple of draws at Celtic Park um, fairly recently under maybe Graham Murty in charge. But they now need to take take that next step and go and go and beat them. Go and beat them at Ibrooks in front of their home fans. Everyone knows the Ibrooks forum hasn't been great this season, or not, not what it should be. Um, so it's about getting over that hump. It would be a it would be a massive kind of statement, if you like, from Rangers if they could go and if they could go and win this. At a, Obviously, at a crucial stage of the season, and I think you're right. If they go, perform well, no, even have to perform well. If they go and get three points by hook or by crook, and reduce the the deficit at the top, then I think at this stage, no, you have to say we've got a we've got a title race in our hands. Would this be the greatest title win of all time in Scottish football? I know there's been times when Dundee United and Aberdeen, the Kilmarnocks, this world, but certainly for Rangers. Surely this would be almost unimaginable, given where they were at the start of the season with Pedro Cascina, all those new players having been defeated in Luxembourg. Yeah. It's almost unthinkable. We're on the precipice of something that could be huge. In terms of where they've come from, yeah, you would have to say it would be it would be right up there. Um, no, Rangers fans will obviously... No, remember helicopter Sunday, and you no, know, when they won it in the last day of the season against against Dunfermline with a a Teta penalty, you know, with Celtic playing at Kilmarnock the same day. I mean, in terms of drama and excitement, I think you'll go some way to beat those, particularly the the helicopter Sunday season. But you're right when you consider where this Rangers team have come from. I mean. I think back to Pedro Cachina's last game in charge that night at Ibrooks against Kilmarnock when Kilmarnock pegged him back at the end and Candias missed the penalty. And, I mean, it, it seemed then, no, despite everything that went before, that, that seemed like a, such a low point for everybody at Ibrooks, everybody at the club, the fans, you know, the players, you know, even the board in terms of you know, Cachina being their, their guy and their, their appointment. Certainly, if you'd have said that night, listen, it'll be fine. We'll get the under-20s manager in no, to steer the ship. 
and in a few months' time, <clears throat> we'll begin into a game against Celtic. Ibrox looking to go, you no know, looking to try and uh, get to within you no know, three points or, or at the top of the league. People would have just laughed, <clears throat> but that's the impact that uh, you no know, Graham Murty's had since taking over uh, in a kind of sem- semi permanent basis. Um, they've done brilliantly to get it this close. Obviously, Celtic have had uh, no, had a few slip ups. That's that's a different story altogether. But no, that's no Rangers' concern. Their only concern, as I say, is to go out on Sunday and make a real, real statement by a performing well and b getting a result. Does this feel like, for the first time in maybe six years, that we've got the excitement? that has fueled Scottish football for, for so many decades back. For the first time, Rangers fans are going at this game, looking at it as a, as a game they can genuinely win and yeah. feel confident about. I think so. That, that, I think that's the, that seems to be the mood of the supporters. Um, it, just, it, it does have a different feel to it this time. And I think it's just because of the way Rangers have played the last few months. They've got better players and we've spoken about it. No, January was was excellent for them in terms of getting just a better quality, better standard of player in. Um and I think as well for the first time in a long time. No, we're going into this old firm game and I think Celtic, as I say, for the first time in a while we'll be looking at Rangers and actually having to analyse how we try and stop Rangers. No, I think I think Brendan Rogers We'll actually be looking at what Rangers have got going forward now and thinking, right, no, we need to be wary of this. We really need to think about what we're, what we're doing here. We need to think about a game plan. I think the last few games at Ibrooks, if we're being really honest, Rogers and Celtic went there, played their own game and just blew Rangers away and, and didn't really have to worry about, no, about what Rangers were going to offer at, at the other end. Um, you, know, you think the last one at Ibrooks we... No, we went over it eh, no, so many times with Pena playing on that, that number 10 role and no getting near Scott Brown and so many aspects of it. Celtic just went there, did their thing <clears throat> and won comfortably. I think for the first time now, Brendan Rodgers will be looking and saying, right, no, he's not got a right back for a start. Eh, no, if, you, if you don't include eh, Christian Gamboa, who's hardly played, but he's not got a right back with, with Mikael Lustig out. Does he go with a back three? Does he go with a back four? Does he bring Boyata back for his first game? Just to touch on that, Scott, that's really interesting you say that. I was going to touch on it later, but it's a great point to bring up now. The 3-5-2 that Celtic have been playing will be very, very exposed to Rangers' wing play if Murphy's playing. You would think so. So if they go with that, I think Rangers have got an enormously good chance because Rangers can't really afford to sit back and defend against Celtic. They don't have the quality. But I'll tell you what, Left wing, right wing, both at full back uh, and in, in the forward areas, yeah. Rangers have got players that can cause serious damage to uh, three centre halves. Yeah, the, the key thing for me, Johnny, is if, if Brendan Rodgers goes with a three, he will then have to play James Forrest as a right wing back. Now, James Forrest has had a terrific season, no, one of the players of the year so far, and he is, I would argue he's Cel- he is Celtic's in form player right now. But if you play him at right wing back <clears throat> at Ibrooks on Sunday, A, I think you take 
a lot away from Forrest's game going forward because he's going to have one eye, no, he's going to need to track back, he's going to have one eye on Jamie Murphy, he's going to have Declan John, <coughs> excuse me, Declan John going at him as well. If he's fit, because there's some Dubai about that. Yeah. Wallace but, and him are both back yeah. in training, but maybe th- Andy Halliday could start. I, th- I think Declan John will be, okay. will be fit, I'd be surprised if he hasn't. Um, so I just think for Celtic, no, to, to go and play Forrest at right wing back, knowing you're taking a bit away from his attacking game because he's not further up the pitch playing as a no as that no a right side attacker where he would normally play. And also the fact, as I say, he's gonna to have to deal he's gonna to have to deal with Murphy and John on that side, who before John's injured or before both of them get injured, looked as if they were striking at a really good really good partnership. And also on the other side, now Tierney's a, a fantastic player. Yeah. Rangers fans will admit that themselves, but Against Candias and Tavernier and his yeah, Todd, I don't think he'd fancy that. No, it's a big test, and that—that's that's where Rogers has get you no know, big big decisions to make, uh, all because of Lustig's uh, suspension. No, listen, if, if Boyata is fit, he's experienced enough that he could throw him in. He's played no firm games before. He might just say go and he might even play him at right back and, and a four if he wants to get away for the three at Ibrooks, then he might just have to play Boyata at right back or he might bring Gamboa in for the cold but certainly I was at Celtic Park at the weekend they went with the three um, Simunovic I think most people would accept has been kind of off for him the last few months Christopher Ayer has did really well but he's still a still a young guy pretty inexperienced and obviously Marvin Comper's the other centre half who would be coming in Listen, he's got vast experience as I well. I think he'll play. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's... Listen, the guy's played in the Bundesliga. He's played for Germany. No, I don't think Rodgers have any, any worries. But in saying that... We've seen that movie before. Exa- exactly. It's still his first old firm game. Get, get, no, away from home. So, I think that's going to be fascinating to see whether Rodgers goes with the, the back four or the back three. And as you say, if he goes with the three, how then can Rangers go and, go and expose that? Now, you talked about um, Peña, yep. a player whose name I've almost forgotten, yeah. unsurprisingly it's funny, it's perhaps. funny, I, I don't see many people, many Rangers fans now on social media pining for the return of Carlos Peña all of a sudden. I, I think you got that one spot on, Scott, throughout the time that you were, you, were, you were calling it, you were calling it correctly. With regards to Scott Brown, Peña was on him, as, you, as you've already said in the last game. For me, I look at that Rangers squad... And I worry about who is going to take care of Scott Brown. Who's going to put the foot in? Who's going to try and get on top of him physically? Do you think that they're going to ask Goss and um, uh, Doherty to take care of that role? Or do you think maybe we'll be looking at someone like Jason Holt coming back in to solidify that midfield? I don't, Johnny. I I fully expect Rangers midfield three to be Doherty and Goss sitting with Windass ahead of them. As it has been when Rangers have impressed, you no, know, these, these last few months when they've when they've went and won games. Listen, it, it's difficult to stop Scott Brown dictating the tempo because he's he's a really good player. He's so experienced. He does it every week. He certainly did it that day at Ibrooks. From Rangers' point of view, you need to flip it and say, how is Scott Brown going to deal with Josh Windass? And this is a huge game for Windass for me. He's done a lot of plaudits, a lot of praise these last few months. Scored a lot of goals. Nobody can take that away from goals and assists. Um, for me, he's yet to do it 
in a really big game when it mattered. Uh, I still think there's question marks over him, uh, over his kind of temperament, if you like, um, for the really big games. And I think this is the game where he has to go and do it. He has to cause Scott Brown a problem because Brown's job will be to pick up Windass, you no, know, if he's breaking forward and that for that kind of attacking midfield role. So Windass isn't the type that's going to go and you no, know, going to go and tackle Brown. He probably should because he's you no, know, he's got the physique to do it, Windass, but it's just not his game. I think the key thing is that Windass just occupies Brown, you no, know, makes Brown worry about him, you no, know, where where he's going, you no. Know, uh, Again, that's getting on the front foot yeah, exactly. and not allowing Celtic to dictate the play exactly. because if you do, Windass becomes completely yeah. isolated and yeah. pulled out of the game. He's got to get into pockets of space that, that makes Scott Brown worry about him. Of course Celtic are going to have periods of possession in the game and that's when Windass has to get in and around him. And saying that, when Brown does come forward or when Brown does get into more attacking areas... No, picking up your point, who's going to put the foot in? I think that'll be Doherty's job. I mean, Huge he, game for the yeah, young lad. Massive. Um, he's not yet fully hit his stride, I don't think, as a Rangers player. He's, he's still young. Um, he's still inexperienced. I've, he's, I've been impressed with him, Scott. I, I've not seen a lot of him at Hamilton, so I know you have. Yep. Um, so a lot of the guys that I've seen him at Hamilton have said that. Well, he must have been some player at Hamilton because some of the things he's done. Listen, see, see at Hamilton, what a lot of people don't seem to talk about a lot of the times at Hamilton he played as a right-sided midfielder you know, a lot of the clips you see if you go into his kind of best clips goals and assists a lot of it comes for the right side No, Hamilton had other guys like Darren McKinnon and Ali Crawford and people that playing centrally um, he is a central midfielder there's no doubt about that and I think the people at Hamilton knew that as well but they were just trying to nurture him and develop him and he, he excelled on that right side or when he moved into the, the centre he did play there sometimes but to go for that into Rangers and be one of the first pick central midfielders is, is a huge jump and we spoke about it last week I think it took him a bit of time to find his feet I think Graham Murty was right in his assessment that he was trying too hard he was trying to impress He's a young guy, it's a Rangers fan, living the dream, if you like. But I thought he, he turned a corner the Hearts home game. I thought he was exceptional, man of the match that day, uh, by by a distance. Um, and he played well against St Johnson again. Do you know who he reminds me of, Scott? And I don't think he's as good, but I think he's a similar type of player. And he could become as good as Stephen Davis. He's got that engine on him. He's not a... Tall guy, you know, he's he bombs around, he's got a good touch, he's got a bit of creativity, he can do pretty much everything. He has, I actually think he's more, I don't think he's, he's as subtle as, as Stephen Davis mm. or he's got, got that as much creativity, but but I think he's more explosive than Davis. No, I think, I mentioned it last week in the Hearts game, what really impressed was just picking his moments when he drive forward with the ball. He's similar uh, in that regard, I think, to John McGinn at Hibs. Very few players, no, very few young players in Scotland these days. It's one of my kind of bugbears about midfielders. Very few actually travel with the ball, no, drive forward, commit players and go past them. McGinn does it brilliantly for Hibs and I think that's why he's, he's a standout for them. And I think Doherty can be as, can go on and do the same job for Rangers. Um, but this is, a, this is a massive game for him. I mean, you, you can imagine... No, Rangers supporter, first off, going into his first off-firm game up against Scott Brown. Get him on I mean, for the booking. 
I mean, <laughs> you maybe need to calm them, calm them down before the game. But certainly, as I say, when if it comes to you no know, kind of head to heads and Brown, you no know, does get more advanced, then I think Doherty will be the guy that goes and goes and engages him. Some, uh, somebody needs to give him the John Brown methods, brown paper bag, blowing right, into it before, before the game. game. That's Aye. right. So, um, in terms of the other uh, selection issues, it seems to me that defence is one of those areas that requires a bit of attention. We've got uh, Russell Martin apparently rumoured to be a doubt. I've, I've seen on 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 the interweb today. Right. Might be might be nonsense. Might not be. Irrespective, who would you play as centre back? It's a tough one, Johnny. I think he's going to go with Bruno Alves. Um, I think so too. Aye. I think against Dembele. I, I actually think there's only one spot which is up for debate in the Rangers team, and that is Alves or Martin. I think every other player picks himself, assuming that Declan John and Jamie Murphy are fit. I think Graham Murphy knows, or, or no, he's got a starting eleven in his mind that he thinks is is the strongest. However, I'd be surprised if, in the build up to an old firm game. He switched the centre halves. No, it would be like two or three times he switched it. So he had Martin. Alves comes on at St Johnson. Alves plays against Falkirk, and then if he's going to switch it back again and play Martin against Celtic, that kind of disruption I don't think is good. I don't think it's good for David Bates. I don't think it's good for Wes Fodringham, uh, and I don't think it's good for for Murty. I, I think Murty has looked at Russell Martin. The couple of mistakes that he's made, you no, know, the the Templeton goal at Hamilton, the penalty at Hamilton, the goal at St Johnson where he lost his man for the for the corner. I think he's just looked at Alves in training. If you believe it, Murty said Alves was you know, flying into things at, at training. They were having to keep him on a leash basically, <laughs> um, and I think he's decided to go with him at Falkirk and I think he'll continue that uh, on Sunday it's, it's a big call and I'm not listen if, if Russell Martin is fit it wouldn't necessarily it wouldn't be a big surprise to me if he goes with Martin again because it is, it is genuinely a, a kind of 50-50 but I just think now for continuity for the for the Falkirk game and also the couple of mistakes that kind of crept into Martin's game um, and, and obviously Alves' experience and all the all the attributes that, that were the reason why he signed in the first place. I think he's going to go with go with Alves and Bates at centre back. Yeah, I I would agree, and I think that's that's the right choice because for me, Russell Martin, if he has one main weakness, it's he's not a big physical presence. Physicality, yeah. And Bruno Alves, that's obviously his strength. Yeah. Dembele, that is where he's going to excel because you know he's always switched on for the big games. Yeah. He knows that. If he's going to move on in the summer, then this will be the yep. game that the, the, the scouts world, from the down south. Yep. So he'll want to really get torn into it. He'll be right on it. The and other, for me, Alves is the man to stop that. The other thing uh, to talk about in that regard is you know, regarding Celtic's formation. If, if Brendan Rodgers does go with the three, like we spoke about before, I think there's a real chance that he plays Dembele and Edward up front as a, as a two. I think Edward's impact on Saturday, albeit it was only against Morton, but wasn't it just how well Edward played when he came on? He sparked something in Dembele. Dembele had been had been kind of ineffective up to that point, but as soon as he had a partner beside him, obviously fellow Frenchman who he'll know well, 
just sparked something in him. And the two of them, the link-up play was really good. You know, there was a wee bit of telepathy, you know, kind of crossovers and stuff. I've got a feeling Brendan Rodgers will have looked at that, will have looked at the Rangers team and thought, no, their defence can be can be got at, even if it is Alves and Bates. But what you're saying, Rangers have put Alves in for the physicality. They might need it if they played Dembele and Edward as a two, and that'll be a, obviously that'll be a big test for, for Bates and Alves. Absolutely. What about Kerry Miller? You know, if you're talking about a big game performer, do you think he's got a role to play even coming off the bench? He's got, I think, 10 or 11 goals in old firm ties in his career to date. And I know it would be something of a swan song because he's not played a lot so far this season after the injury and obviously a, a wee bit of a loss of form in the in the early days yeah. of the campaign. But he's someone that I think might be thrown on late into the game. If you need a goal, who better? certainly think he's got a role to play. He'll have a role to play in the dressing room beforehand because he's been over the course so many times. Rangers still have a few young players inexperienced. You talk about Doherty, Goss, Bates... Uh, even boys like Jamie Murphy, who you know, grew up a Rangers fan, but has never experienced this this derby as a as a player before. So, guys like Kenny Miller, Lee Wallace will certainly have roles to play uh, before the game, and I think you'll see both of them on the bench. Um, and certainly Miller, if Rangers, whether they they might need a goal late on, so he would come off. He would come on. They might need. A, Shore it up if you like. If they were winning, you know, if they're winning one 0 Miller's a good guy to come on. If you just want it to fill, they'll fill pockets of space. And you know. say, for example, you take Windass off and put Miller in exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah, or Murphy, for instance. So he mm. would, he could do a job in that regard. Um, so yeah, I mean, he could, he could well have a role to play. Um, but certainly not for the, not for the start. Where do you think Celtic's key weakness is in their lineup? It has to be at the back. Um, we spoke about it that that back three not used to playing together Comper just coming in for only second game after a uh, you know, after a kind of significant injury Simonovic has been drastically off for him you're not convinced by Simonovic are you? to be honest I thought he had a great uh, a great spell you know, towards the end of last season and I thought he would get into this season and, and be the same but he just seems to have let mistakes creep into his game. Um, I think it was a game at Partick Thistle recently, uh, off the back of a European game where he, uh, he, he was at fault for a couple of, a couple of goals. I think it was a cup tie at Celtic Park. And Brendan Rodgers, the sport, he's, he's, Brendan Rodgers spoke to us specifically about Jozo Simonovic, how he had to kind of pull him aside. And he, he effectively told him, listen, if you're going to play at the top level... You need to cut out this, uh, cut out the sloppiness and the kind of slackness in your game. I don't know if he's totally eradicated it. He probably has improved um, since then, but that's that's got to be an area where Rangers can expose you. You touched on it down in those wide areas. If they're not playing with fullbacks, you want to try and pin Tierney back, pin Forrest back, especially because he doesn't want to get into no, he doesn't want to get into those those right back uh, areas. That's where Rangers need to need to try and expose Celtic. I mean, midfield will be a fascinating battle. I expect Celtic to go with Brown and in Sham. I think it'll definitely start. Question marks over the third guy in midfield. Does he go more defensive, Rogers, and, and play uh, Ebuy Kuasi in there? No, he try and you no, know, just be a wee bit more, wee bit more rigid. 
Um, I was thinking maybe Callum McGregor might come in. McGregor to keep the ball. I, I think I think McGregor always plays well at Ibrox. Just sounds a daft thing to say, but it's always a great surface at Ibrox. You Knowing if you just want to keep the ball, McGregor's your guy. You no, know, keep the ball moving, short, sharp passing. Pops up with a goal again. Yeah. Uh, you know the players they get. I think it's a psych- psychological element of football. They, if they score at one stadium or against a certain team, they often make a habit of it. Yeah. And McGregor's one of these players that's done that. McGregor's certainly in contention. And Rogic is the other one. He obviously started Rogic um, at the weekend and he can play in that number 10 role. And, I and think Rangers would be delighted if they start Rogic. I'll, uh, t- I'll tell you why. Because I just think if Rangers are going to go out and attack Celtic, which I think they have to do, he's not, he's not good at that. No. Um, I mean, very dangerous player on the break. Silky can he's good. make a pass, make a run, but defensively, you can't rely on him to make the, the track listen, back. Listen, if Celtic have a lot of the ball, Rogic can cause you a problem if he gets into those pockets of space in front of Rangers back four and gets in the half turn. I mean, he's the best for me. He's the best in Scotland in terms of players on the half turn. Rogic is the best at it in terms of using his body. Um, to kind of go and create, go and create something in that in that area. But you're right. I think if Rangers, if we, th- if Rangers go with the game plan that we think, and that is by going and attacking Celtic and going and trying winning the game, I don't think there'll be a lot of space for Rogic to operate in. And I, I think Brendan Rodgers would be more inclined to go with to go with McGregor uh, and beside Brown and and in Sham. So those three up against. Dockerty, Goss and, and Windass would be would be fascinating. And I think, I don't want to jinx it, but in terms of the game itself, I can see goals at, at either end because, as we've touched on, I don't think I don't think either defence is good enough, if I'm honest. Um, and if both of them go and try and win it, which I expect them to, I think, I think it'll be a cracker. I think there'll be goals on it. The fact that I agree with Scott suggests that you should go out there and stick some stick money on nil-nil nil, nil, at, well, yeah. at whatever bookie that you um, you, you fancy. Um, Scott, we've touched on the, the positives, the positives of this title race, the positives of Rangers play, but I'll put something to you. If Rangers lose at Ibrox, and you know, if you look at the odds, they are that's the the most uh, that's the most expected result. Yeah and Aberdeen win their game in hand, then Aberdeen and Rangers are equal on points. Is it still a success for Rangers to come second this year, or have they pushed to a level whereby people would now be disappointed with that? At the start of the season, Johnny, most Rangers fans would have said, finish second, get closer to Celtic, reduce the, the points gap, and try and win a cup. Now, they're still on course for that, still on course for it to be a successful season. But you're right, it is, and that's what's fascinating about it, it's completely in the balance and it ties in with the whole should Graham Murty get the job or should he not? Everything is in the balance. And I, I can't remember a season, I mean, there would have been one, but off the top of my head, I can't remember a season where you know, the final 10 games or whatever it is we've got left have been so important in terms of you no know, decisions being made, you no know, and, and judgments being made. You no, know, will it be a good season for Rangers? Is it a good season for Aberdeen? Is it a poor season for Celtic? You no, know, Celtic could still end up with a with a treble at the, at the end of this. A double treble. A double treble, which would be unbelievable. Um, no matter what what you think of their current form 
or you know, the European exit or some of their performances this season. A double treble. Oh, it's never been done before. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what more could Brendan Rodgers do? So it's it's on a knife edge. But you flip that and say, no, Rangers going one on Sunday, they reduce the gap to Celtic, they go further ahead of Aberdeen, but no, we suddenly have a title race in our hands. Everything is in the balance, and that's why this old firm game on Sunday, I mean, there's just so much at stake, so many questions to be answered, if you like. Um, and that's why we're all looking forward to it so much. How's this happen, Scott? Um, back to basics approach in terms of um, bringing in players, the recruitment side of things. For me, Murphy, Doherty, Goss, Cummings, those four have made an enormous difference because yeah. they've given you competition in, that, in, the, in key areas of the pitch. Murphy's given you balance on the left side when Rangers were so dangerous on the right. A combination of Mark Allen and, and Graham Murphy working together on an accident of fate. How <laughs> how do you begin to look at the, the overall picture and, and, and assess how we got to where we are right now? Uh, in terms of the Mark Allen and Graham Murphy coming together as an accident of fate, the two of them seem to have struck it off. No, uh, and seem to have a good a good working relationship, which can only be good for Rangers going forward. Certainly to the end of the season, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Listen, it, it it's no rocket science. We could sit here all day and talk about no different no tactics and variables and no formations and all the rest. Of it ultimately, ultimately Rangers went out in January and signed better players, no, added quality to the squad. Jamie Murphy, a guy coming from a Premier League club, vast experience in the, in the Championship. Greg Doherty, a young, hungry Scottish Rangers fan who's impressing in the, the league that we're that we operating in. Goss, a terrific find, you know, the type that Rangers should be looking at and, and should have been looking at in the past. I think of some of the guys that have come in, even... Recently, you no know, loan signings like Dalcio and Aaron Namani, we, we, we all due respect. Sean Goss is on a, a different level given you know, where he's come from at, uh, at Man United and, and QPR. Um, Cummings, again, proven goal scorer in Scotland, albeit not in the, the top flight. Um, so it wasn't a rocket science. Graham Murty. I remember before we, we went to America for the, the winter break, was quite clear that this was the route he wanted to go down. It had to be British British players, British-based players. It, it would help, certainly, if they were had Rangers in their blood, you know, like your Murphys and your Dockeries. And I don't think it's any coincidence we've seen an upturn in the performances. Um, listen, I don't want to take too much away from Graham Murphy because... Despite all of that, he still has to put the team out in the park. He still has to set them up properly. No, he's done certain things that you have to say are pretty impressive. Number one, he's turned Windass into a player, which he was an enigma wrapped yeah. in a riddle. Yeah. And we, we talked about it, probably we've talked about him for about three hours over the course of this season about how do you get the best out of him. There's a player there, but we're not quite seeing that fulfil itself on the pitch. And what Murty's done is he's he seems to have... Through man management and through training, yeah, he's, he's, he's got the best out of him. He's certainly got a tune out of him. Uh, and it's interesting. I mean, I remember uh, just post uh, Niedercorn game when Rangers went out of the Europa League. 
remember speaking to someone uh, that, that, that knows Josh Windass and he was he was getting pilloried by the Rangers fans let's be honest yep. a, a lot of guys uh, if you remember right the, the away game in Luxembourg a lot of guys slaughtered him on, on social media yep. for uh, his part in the, the second goal I think he let a, a quick free kick he didn't close somebody down that's right and he missed a sitter at the end yeah he was getting slaughtered uh, he wasn't guaranteed a place I know for a fact that he had a no, a, a stand-up disagreement with, with, with Pedro Cachinha. And at that point, no, Josh Windass could have been out the, out the door. Um, that, that's that's probably how close it came to it him. It chat of like a here. 200 grand offer that would have been accepted, wasn't there? Is that right? Yeah, and well, I seem to remember, that's, that's my memory of it, that yeah. it was a very small amount that Rangers yeah. would have perhaps it, taken. It would have been easy for Rangers at that point to say, you know what, no, the board might have thought, listen, the manager doesn't fancy him, he's fell out with him, let's let's cut the loss. He's, he's come in for Accrington Stanley. No, it was the previous manager that, that brought him in. We got him for no peanuts, let's let's cut the losses and get rid of him. That that's how easy it would have been. But you're right, the turnaround in fortune and listen, we win this, there's no doubt that there's raw ability there. Mm. I, I don't think that's that's in question. I, I remember yeah, I remember speaking to Graham Dorans when he first arrived at Rangers the first few weeks, and he was the one guy. No, remember Dorans has come for like Premier League Championship. Yeah, he was the guy he picked out as mm. the guy that really, you no, know, caught his eye in training. He, no, he d- didn't expect much from him, knowing his kind of background. But he was the guy that if, that really impressed him. So there, there's raw ability there. It was just a getting it out of him and b finding the right position for him. And you're right, Murty deserves credit. Because he's given him that number ten role, he's given him a freedom, you know, a license to go and go and get goals, go and create. And you have to say, despite what I said earlier on, I don't think he's done it in a big game yet. I think there's still uh, kind of hurdles to get over for, for Windass, but you, you can't argue with his, with his numbers in the last the last few months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do Do you think that? given where the Rangers board were at the AGM, they were under so much pressure at that point. There was talk of a, a stormy AGM, and although that didn't really come to pass, um, when the Derek McInnes move fell through, this must be a scenario beyond their wildest dreams at that point. Because a, a title race then would have been, as you've already said, it would have been laughed out the building. Yeah. But Rangers go and actually win this game now. And I think it will be something akin to an explosion across the city. I think uh, Celtic fans will be very, very unhappy indeed, given where they were. I think at one point, 15 points clear. Yeah. And look, How do you get your head around we, that we mentally? Might, we, we might not have a title race yet, as, as we've said, so you, know, you, you do need to be careful. But you're right, you know, the, board, the board won't believe really what, what's happened if Rangers go and win this on Sunday and, and get that close to Celtic and suddenly you see you know, a reaction on both sides yeah. no, the board will be delighted the board will be you know, so satisfied probably relieved if we're being honest that the Graham Murty experiment you know, seems to be seems to be working um, there'll be a lot of relief there a lot of satisfaction and um, but of course, if it keeps going that way, 
they're going to have a big a big decision to make in the summer, you know, irrespective of what happens. I think, listen, I think it's fair to say <laughs> if Graham Murphy was to go and win the title for Rangers, I think safe to say he would get the he'd get the gig. Um, however, Murphy. No, we, we we did it in the, the Sunday mail at the weekend. I mean, he was asked last week about if he'd been given any assurances, any... I thought he'd have maybe been given a target, you no know, finish second, win the Scottish Cup, the job's yours. But he's adamant that he's had no no guarantees, no targets, no no assurances about anything. And even if he said, he actually said, even if he wins the Scottish Cup, no nothing is, nothing is certain. So, Scott, you've sat down with him. Do you get a sense that he's for going back to the youth role? I'd be amazed if he was no, if he was prepared to go back to that now. Um, I think I said, I think I touched on it last week. Uh, no, Peter Lovenkranz is now doing that under twenties role. He's been moved into the job that, that Murty was in, albeit the club will say on a, on a temporary basis at the moment. But how do you, if you're Graham Murty? No, you've managed Rangers for more than half a season. You've went into old firm games, no big cup ties. He's now got an old firm semi final at Hamden. He's going to he's going to lead them out. And how do you possibly get to the summer and somebody says, right, Graham, no thanks for that, but we've got another guy for the role. Just slip back into your your under twenties, no in front of no in front of two two guys and their, their dog at, at Murray Park playing a, a development game. I, I just can't see that. I've got. Listen, you speak to any manager. Once you get the the taste for it, once you get that bug, um, and especially at a, a huge club, very few managers get the opportunity that Murty's had. I think it'll be really difficult for him to go back. You never know how things are going to be perceived down south because it's a completely different environment and culture down there, and how they view the Scottish game is is very different to, to how we view it. But you've got to think that. Teams here will have been impressed by Graham Murty. You know, yeah. your, the, the Hibbses, the Aberdeens, the yeah. Hearts. The, I know none of these clubs are looking for a manager at the moment, but, yeah. but other Premiership sites. Yeah. And if, if Graham Murty was to leave Rangers, there would be clubs in Scotland who'd go, I'd fancy a little bit of that, the way he's handled himself, yeah. of, tactically, of professionally, in front of the media. Of course they would. And you know, even clubs down south, Johnny, you know, they might not want him as manager, but if you're, if you're at a big club down south... No, even I'm talking even a a Liverpool or a no somebody like that, and you're looking for a an assistant manager or a first team coach or something. And remember, an assistant manager's job or a first team coach's job would be a huge step up for Graham Murty if he's if he's the Rangers under twenties manager. If he's the Rangers under twenties coach, and a Liverpool or a no a Spurs or something comes in and says we want you to be assistant manager or no first team coach or whatever, of course he would he would jump at it. So you're right. Clubs will look at how he's how he's dealt with things. I think you're right to say that it's not just the way he's put this Rangers team together or the way he's coached them. I think probably equally important is is how he's handled himself in the media, off the pitch, uh, interviews and stuff. I think he's really grown into the the job. I think if we're being honest, when he first got it uh, as caretaker. And even when he, when he got it this season after Kashinya left, maybe still a wee bit naive, a wee bit wet behind the ears in terms of the media and, and stuff like that. But I think he's, I think he's really grown into it. I think, now he's mentioned a couple of times that he's had chats with Walter Smith. That's interesting because Walter, you know, schooled and 
know, managing Rangers, obviously, and, and I think if he would have given them any wee no tip bits of advice, it would have been on that side of it, how to deal with those kind of uh, no pressures that are out no out with the, the dressing room, if you like, um, whether it's the media or, or whatever. Um, He's got that thing that Walter had, which was there's enough drama surrounding Rangers without adding to it. Yeah. So it's it's very much a policy of no drama, keep everything tapered down. And let the other people inject the drama because we're not going to put any in there. Yeah, and and it works. A, it works a treat. He, he also knows now how to how to answer a question. No, very kind of uh, gives you a kind of long answer without without actually telling you. I mean, I've asked him about uh, David Bates' contract oh, about the, the last week, couple yeah. of weeks, and no, I can't get a I can't get a straight answer out of him. But that's you know, as much as it's no good for me. You can understand everything, you know, from his point of view, has to be kept kept in house. Things are obviously ongoing with that at the at the minute. But no, you're right. I think he's definitely he's definitely grown into it. I think he's more confident now, more relaxed about it. Although he says, you know, he said to us last week, he's still he says he's still stunned to be sitting in the the chair every day. Um, and no, no, there'll be an element of that's that's true. But I think. He, he's grown into it. I think he's got the bug for it. And to get back to your original point, how he, he how he leaves this in the summer to go back to to coaching Rangers under twenties, um, I just I just can't see it. Okay, Scott, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think the result's going to be? I'm going to stick my neck out and say Rangers are one two one, um, which as we touched on at the start. Be a huge, huge statement for Rangers, but th- this is, this is their time. This is when they have to do it. This is when Celtic. And by the way, I, I don't think Celtic are are playing really poorly at the minute. But on Brendan Rodgers' reign, this is about as vulnerable as you're going to get Celtic. I think, or as vulnerable as they've been since he came in. When you think of the Lustig suspension, Griffiths and Gordon be, being injured, no doubts over over Bayata. I think this is the best chance Rangers are going to get, um, and if they line up the way we expect them to, you know the way the way we've spoke about, I think they can really get at Celtic, particularly in the wide areas that you spoke about. The key thing, you no, know, for Rangers if they're going to win it is keeping the keeping the back door shut, and that's a big, you no, know, that's a big if, obviously, because even even the Falkirk game on Sunday, I, I just I thought there was there was moments of kind of. Flakiness at the back for Rangers, which which they need to cut out. I don't think they were as secure as Murty would want them to be. Uh, I think Murty was spot on his assessment of the game again. Afterwards, they weren't secure enough in possession. Um, it wasn't as polished as he'd have wanted it going into the Old Firm game. But no, with, with the crowd behind them, a, a terrific atmosphere on Sunday because the Rangers fans have got that that bit between their teeth. Um, I expect goals. And if Rangers play the way they've been doing in the last few weeks going forward, I mean, the amount of goals they've scored in the last three or four games has been incredible, albeit against lesser opposition. Yeah, they've uh, now scored three more goals than Celtic this season yeah. in the league, which is pretty good going. Yeah, I, I think they can uh, I think they can go and win it. I think this is their time, uh, and they can go and win it by... Well, I don't expect them to win it by much, but, but 2-1 would be my, my shout. For me, I think the game will be decided on the midfield. And I think Rangers need to 
do something about Scott Brown, as I've already stated. And if if, if Doherty can have a 9 out of 10 game and get on top of Scott Brown, then I think Rangers will win. But my overall feeling is probably a 1-1 draw. I, I agree with you that there will be goals in the game, so maybe even 2-2. Yeah. But I can see it being a, a real topsy-turvy affair and uh, it ends up a draw and both teams going home with their pride intact. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. It's going to be quite an exciting uh, run-up to the game. And you'll obviously get all the action here on the Daily Record website, on Twitter and on Facebook if you follow our feeds. Well, that's all from us. Um, we'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can. I'm on Twitter at Johnny R. McFarlane and Scott is at Scott McDermott 8 so feel free to get in touch. Don't forget to subscribe to iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.